Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. What's up, friends? Before we hop to the show, I got to tell you about our friends over at Snooze Sleep because they have made the most universal mattress in the world. It's a four-in-one mattress. And you say, how can a mattress be four-in-one? Well, one side of the mattress is hard. The other side of the mattress is soft. And then they have a reversible cover, which one side is warm and one side is cold, meaning you can mix and match. So if you want your bed hot and hard, if you want your bed cool and soft, you can have it that way all in one mattress. And on top of that, Snooze Sleep is here in Colorado. They are Colorado, uh, Colorado company, but they're designed for the world. So wherever you live, you can get a Snooze Sleep mattress. You can get that Snooze Flip. And they are hooking you up with the Snooze Flip mattress. They're giving you $250 off a queen mattress, $250 off an adjustable base. So a savings of $500 for a queen. And they're going to double it if you want a king. They're going to give you $500 off a mattress, $500 off an adjustable base. All you have to do is use the code DNVR over at Snooze Sleep to get this. So check them out over at snoozesleep.com wherever you live and smash that code DNVR to get a great mattress at a very big saving. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. Welcome, welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast on this mornful Monday Morn- in Broncos be country. Mournful Monday. Mournful Monday. There we go. Because we're not going live in the morning. Man, if we're going live in the morning, that would actually be perfect. Mournful, maudlin. Keep going. Keep um, going. How many can you do? Morose. Sure. I, I trust that these are all kind of depressing <laughs> words, and uh, we're going to try not to be depressing today. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my man, Andrew Mason. We got our super producer, Kale, behind the glass with us rolling today. And of course, this is the DNVR Broncos podcast presented to you by MSU Denver Online. And right now, over at MSU Denver Online, they are waiving your application fee. When you use the promo code DNVR Sports, you will get a free application fee waived. So make sure to go check them out. To whether you want to get a degree or just take one class or two. Uh, and if you want to know more M words, we got one coming in here. Melancholy. Ooh, that's maybe, a good one. That's uh, maybe good. MSU Denver can hook you up. So smash that code DNVR Sports to get your application fee waived. And my boy, that's another M1 right there. Yeah. yeah. All of those are apt. Um, I'm trying to think of. Uh, oh, I'll go with. Uh, with one misanthropic. 
Wow, As in, okay. like, hating humanity. Because there is a small, and a very small segment of the fan base that has been in my Twitter mentions that are saying things like Bridgewater faked the injury to get out of playing. Oh, wow. These, pe- these people true. need to leave the fan base. Be gone. Long walk off a short pier. If that peop, the humanity is better off without that without those sorts of people walking among it. Yeah, Mace, it's I, terrible. You, you just you got to turn off. Uh, you got to yeah. turn off Twitter notifications. Oh, I, no, I have them driving you up a wall. I have them off. That's the thing. I mean, oh, I log in wow. and I, I log in and I see this. Like I, one of the reasons why I probably don't post as fast as others is that I have them off to with with ex- exception of about two people. I have them off to keep my sanity. Yeah, it's and very fair. You go on there and you see this crap. Oh, it's just it's it's mind blowing. I mean, I'm trying, you know, I'm, I'm trying to focus on the 99.5% of the people who have, you know, civil and cordial debate and it's all good and all fun in the end and but man, the 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 0.5% of it, oh god. They're they're driving me up the wall right now. Yeah, yeah, uh, understandable. But you just don't let them bother you, Mace. They're winning right now. That 05 percent is is winning. Uh, and Mace, of course, we're not speaking about a Broncos win today. Mm-hmm. The Broncos lost, and it's all downhill from here. So we're just keeping smiles on, so we don't cry here. But some good news today: a very scary situation with Teddy Bridgewater getting hurt, leaving the field on a cart, leaving the stadium in an ambulance. And really, Mace, probably the best news that we could have got today Mm -hmm. was that he has been released from the hospital and he has a concussion. Concussions are are nothing to joke about. They're very serious as well. But just the way that looked, it looked like it could have been worse. So honestly, today with how Mm -hmm. bad yesterday was, it just seems like like this was good news. It was good news that, of course, he he got out of the hospital now. Broncos are saying he's, quote, fine, unquote, but Bottom line is he's going to go through the concussion protocol, and it's his second concussion now in about two and a half months. And that's concerning. And that is of significant long-term concern yep. for Teddy Bridgewater on a human level. Yeah. That's kind of where my concern is right now. Yeah. For, for him as a human being going through life, we know about uh, the toll that uh, that brain trauma can have accumulate over time we've had plenty of discussions about that over the years and uh that's that's kind of where honestly my focus is on is on teddy bridgewater just being okay as a person and uh you know hopefully he does he does recover from this i mean i'm i'm sure in due time he'll pass through the, the protocol and all that but uh when you see two concussions in a relatively short time span like that it's it's concerning. Yeah, and the Broncos obviously have that concern for him mm-hmm. as well because Mace, he's at home today. The rest of the team, uh, actually there's seven Broncos players out in Atlanta for Demarius Thomas's mm-hmm. funeral today. The rest of the Broncos are in the facility getting ready for the Raiders. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is at home. They are really trying to just focus on his health right mm-hmm. now, which is absolutely the way to go. So this leads to, okay, what's it mean for Sunday against the Raiders? And it's very likely that Teddy Bridgewater is not going to play, which means it will be Drew Locke. Even though the question was asked to Vic Fangio today, will you consider Brett Rippon? He said, nope, no no consideration at all. So it will very likely be Drew Locke on Sunday. And so, Mace, my question is, regardless of Teddy Bridgewater's health, because this is something that could knock him out for the next three weeks and the rest of the season. It's something that could just knock him out for this week. But regardless of Teddy Bridgewater's health, 
Who should be the starting quarterback? Or should Drew Locke start the final three games? If Teddy Bridgewater were healthy and didn't have this injury, Teddy Bridgewater should still start. Okay. Over just this is this is long haul. This is this is Drew in his work still showing that he still has the penchant for turnovers. Yeah. And if Teddy Bridgewater were a hundred percent healthy, Teddy Bridgewater should start. And I know that's not gonna be a popular opinion right now, but you gotta focus less on yesterday and more on the broader sample size of what we've seen from both of them. Right. The offense the offense was ineffective yesterday. It stunk. Yep. Okay. It's it it's it, it stunk mostly with Bridgewater because he played most of the game and only and only generated three points. He had a bad pass. Uh, way, wayward is kind a kind way to describe it before the McManus missed field goal that kept that basically allowed the Bengals to have one completion, get in field goal range, and get three points of of their own. It was not a good day for Teddy Bridgewater, no doubt. No, but when you have a quarterback who in 14 possessions so far this season, has given the ball away three times. That's not, to me, and based on what we saw last year as well, that doesn't scream change it if both if change quarterbacks if both were healthy. So my question, obviously we know Teddy Bridgewater is not going to be 100% healthy this week, mm-hmm. but let's say Teddy Bridgewater clears concussion protocol in about a week. So he's able to practice all of next week. Then do you start, obviously you're starting Drew this week. Then do you start Teddy the final two weeks? Well, I think also then that depends on where you are in the playoff race. Mm. Because if you're still in it, you... You go back to Bridgewater. Uh oh, Kale's laughing. <laughs> that can't be good. It's not. It's either not good for your take. He got a funny text, or the comments are. Uh, I'm sure uh, the, are ripping us. I can't. It was, it was in, it I was can't a, read the comments. Response to what they said. <laughs> well, what do you think, Kale? Let me, uh, let me hear you out on this. Can you grab a mic? Okay. <laughs> I want to get your take on this. Here. Well, Mace, Mace, yeah. the, uh, well, well, I guess we'll, we'll I'm used we'll to having let... unpopular opinions. That's okay. No, no, no. And, and un- unpopular opinions are good, but, <laughs> uh, so, so you are going with a healthy Teddy Bridgewater. Yes. And that may not be this week, but when Teddy Bridgewater is healthy, that's the route that you would like to go. But I would say this personally, after having two concussions, if I were in Broncos headquarters, and making a decision, my threshold for considering him healthy is going to be very high because this is the second concussion. Okay, and we know I'm that going the... to be very cautious. I'm going to be very cautious. So it, the likelihood is because of that, I'd be going with Drew Locke, and that's why I kind of we talked about like shortly before the podcast. I have an answer to a question that's a little bit different than the one that is being put out there in the in the topic of the podcast. And what what is that? I mean, because I think it's all about Teddy Bridgewater's health, and I think mm. they need to be cautious. Yeah, yeah, and, so. and, and, and that's very fair. And Mace, to me, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who starts the, the, the rest of the season. It's going to be Drew this week. Let's say Drew wins. Sure, ride it out. Because, Mace, you are one loss away from totally being out of the playoffs. Now, maybe not mathematically. Right now, there's a 5% mm-hmm. chance that'll dip significantly, and then there's just no hope at the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But the way you look at it right now – 
The Broncos, I think they have a better shot than just the 5% that it says out there because you play three teams that are all in the playoff mix now. You can really help yourself out by beating the Chargers. You obviously eliminate the Raiders if you beat them as well. And then you're right there. Now, you will need some more help from around the league since you are one game back. But, Mace, if Drew Locke comes out, balls out, beats the Raiders – Ride the hot hand, I guess, because we know Teddy Bridgewater isn't going to be 100% by that next week. If 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 Drew Locke comes out and loses next week, okay, your season's done anyways. It doesn't matter. You can put Teddy back in if you want to because Vic Fangio has more respect for him than Drew. Sure, you can do that. You can keep going down with Drew. Remember the last time the Broncos played in Las Vegas? The Broncos and, and, and Drew tossed four interceptions in an absolutely embarrassing game. If that happens again and you want to go the full tank route because you're completely out of the playoffs, Sure, let Drew play the final two games. At that point, you're probably firing the coach on Monday. You probably are. And taking are. advantage of the ability to start interviews. You, if, if, it ha- if, it ha- if they play badly and Drew plays badly on Sunday, then I think there's no reason to cling to what I believe would be a 0.3% chance of the playoffs. Exactly. Now, it's that- interesting you did mention something about the Broncos probably being better than 5%. I agree with you on that mm-hmm. for this reason. That third game against Kansas City, with the Titans losing yesterday and the Patriots losing on Saturday, now there is a chance that the Chiefs will have the number one seed clinched by Week 18. Yep. In which case, you would see their backups and your chances of winning that game increase exponentially. Then you have to hope that in the AFC East, the AFC North, and the AFC South, that enough teams among the Colts, whoever doesn't win the AFC North, that's of course the Steelers, the Browns, Bengals, Ravens, the Bills, and you can't discount the Dolphins at this point, even though they kind of lurched through that game yesterday, but they're a hot team right now. You have to hope enough of them collect enough losses among themselves to where the Broncos aren't in a tiebreaker because. The Broncos, if they win the next three, they're going to be a second-place team in the AFC West. Yep. Mm-mm. But the problem is they literally literally lose every tiebreaker to everybody else. They lose head-to-head to every AFC North team. They are guaranteed to lose conference record tiebreakers to the Colts if they're if it's at 10-7 and seven or 9-8, to the Colts, to the Dolphins, to the Bills. There is not a single team outside the division against whom they win the tiebreaker. It's so am- then they, it's amazing. So then that means that they need teams to have multiple losses right. that they're going up against, not just one, and certainly can't go undefeated. But the good thing is, is they they're going up against three teams, or there, there's three spots for them, mm-hmm. and there's obviously many teams involved. But Mace, also why it doesn't matter who you start these final three games, not only because your playoff odds are pretty much done. If Drew somehow has a fantastic game and wins, then you might as well roll with him to see if a miracle can happen over the final two games, or if you want to go with. Teddy Bridgewater, once he's healthy again, sure, he's won you some games in the past. But the biggest thing is the Broncos cannot get fooled. The Broncos, we are very confident right now, do not have their quarterback of the future on this Mm -hmm. roster right now. Drew Locke, nope. Teddy Bridgewater, nope. But they can't get fooled. 
and think, okay, let's have Drew play these final three games to show us if he can be the guy. That is a nightmare scenario in my mind. And I'm not rooting against Drew, but what I'm rooting against is two years ago we fell into this when Drew finished four games really hot. So we rode that entire offseason buying into Drew. And I know you were skeptical, mm. but the Broncos, they were all going in on Drew. They, they built their entire offseason around that. Last well, I was year, fine going with 2020 being Drew's year. Right. I kept saying, this is the year to find out if he's a guy or the guy. Right. That was, that, doing that was, was fine and defensible at the time. I got that. Now, that being said... They probably should have re- returned to kind of their old instincts about Justin Herbert, but that's hindsight. Last, go back. last year, I don't know what they got fooled by. Maybe it was the, uh, the, the, the finish where he had seven touchdowns, two interceptions in the final four games, uh, but he also led the league in interceptions. But somehow they stuck with Drew, gave him another year, and look what it turned into this year. It, it turned into trading a sixth-round pick to, for Teddy Bridgewater, and now we're here. Do not get mm-hmm. fooled in these final three games. Whether it's Teddy coming in uh, and playing really well, whether it's Drew coming in and playing well, the only chance that you get fooled and it works is if one of these guys leads you to the playoffs because they're playing really well and then leads you onto a deep, deep playoff run. And Mace, that's just not going to happen. So that's why do not get fooled. This is not a three-game sample size mm-hmm. for Drew Locke to show if he's the future. This is... We need a healthy quarterback for three games. Who's our backup? It's Drew. Okay, you can go. Just don't get fooled. Do you have confidence that the Broncos will see it that way? I hope so. I, I, that doesn't I, sound very I, well, reassuring. I, I, if you're saying I hope so. I, I want to say absolutely yes. Yeah. But we had George Payton just this offseason say he wanted to give John Elway's guy Drew Locke a shot. Yeah. And Drew Locke has failed that opportunity by every account. He didn't, win it. he didn't win the starting job. When he's coming in relief, he has not done well. But I just hope that if Drew Locke comes out and plays really well, that what we're going to see is not George Payton saying, oh, we never actually gave him a shot to be the starting quarterback. And that's the only thing where I say I hope. I really don't think they'll do that. And I mean, maybe I'm just being being overly optimistic here, but I really don't think they'll see that way. I I think based on kind of reading the tea leaves, they've got plan A and plan B. And neither plan A nor plan B involves anybody on the roster. Plan A is the elite veteran. If somehow a Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers becomes available, plan B is draft with a a bridge. And I think that's actually an interesting thing to consider if you are evaluating these quarterbacks in the draft. Let's say you can't get Wilson or Rodgers or even a, a Matt Ryan. If you can't do that, do you like Matt Corral better or Drew Locke? Oh, Matt do, Corral. Yeah. Do you like, I mean, just go down the list. Do you like Carson Strong if the medical checks out on his knee or Drew Locke? Do you like Sam How Sam Howell or Drew Locke? Desmond Ritter or Drew Locke? Malik had a conversation this weekend uh, with, with, with someone in football, in, in the football realm on the inside about Malik Willis, okay? Malik Willis or Drew Locke? All, and, and I think that that's the, the question you'll ask yourself. I think you've got enough to where you kind of know where Drew Locke is, where he's going, and what the ceiling is. But I think you'll probably kind of want to start with the tabula rasa. And then also, if you have the tabula rasa of a new quarterback, I hope it's with a new coaching staff as well because you don't want to – one of the, the failings that you had with Drew was 
the constant changes uh, yep. in, in coordinator and staff. I think you want to have some consistency. So if you do decide it's going to be a young quarterback, I hope it's with a new with a new coach and staff. Now here's what could happen for Drew Locke. If he comes in and plays the final three games and plays them well, that could make him a lot more valuable in terms of a trade asset this offseason because right now Drew Locke's value it isn't much out there. But if he plays well and shows a team maybe with that has a Matt Ryan mm-hmm. who they're pretty much – contractually have to stick with next year maybe that shows them okay why don't we take drew in as a flyer and we'll give up a fourth round pick for him well there you go you just increased your value of a a guy from you know a seventh sixth rounder to now a fourth rounder that could benefit the broncos as well mace i'm just i just my biggest thing is Mm -hmm. the broncos have to get a new quarterback this offseason they have to make a big investment something that they did not do with teddy bridgewater only a sixth round pick something they did not do with drew lock only only a second-round pick. They have to do that this offseason. Yeah, and it's funny. You mentioned Matt Ryan. Like, a name that I would be thinking about, Jimmy Garoppolo is probably going to be on the market in the offseason, right? I, yep. I'm not talking about for the Broncos, although they certainly may investigate the Garoppolo possibility, especially if they do uh. hire. So if they do, ha- if they do make changes and have somebody kind of in the Shanahan-McVay tree on the staff. Anyway. Jimmy Garoppolo's cap number next year for the team that acquires him in a trade is going to be $25.6 million, Ooh. right? Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of uh, that's middle that's middle class, but it's on the other side of that big $11 million gap that we've talked about in terms of contract v- value for quarterbacks on an annual basis. Drew Locke, let's say he does go out and ball out. $1.45 million is his cap number for 2022 he's cost controlled drink yep. so if you're a team that maybe is considering jimmy garoppolo if Locke plays well does that bring him into your conversation as somebody say well we're going to have a one-year guy we can have a one-year guy at 25 million or we can have a one-year guy at 1.1.4 that also but also you, do you say oh we might rather have gardner Minshew, or we might rather have tyler huntley that's actually the competition right. that Drew Locke is kind of in for as far as teams that will be looking at quarterbacks like that is guys like Minshew and Huntley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, you're you're you're, at, you're absolutely right, and and that's where Drew could land this offseason. Uh, it's just so important, Mace, that that yeah. these three games aren't viewed as a tryout for either of these guys, for Teddy or for Drew. Yeah, you know what they are at this point, and yep. I, I mean, I have trouble, I have trouble trusting three games when. You've got starts over three years. And on top of that, when he's come in as a backup this year, he's, I mean, at best you can say one for three. And even in that one, kind of made the poor decisions that unfortunately have undone so many of his games. Basically, yesterday what we saw, that was the Drew Locke experience, right? There were some great throws. He gave Tim Patrick a chance on a 50-50 ball. He made a play. Yep. And, you Smart know, play there. Pat Shermer is taking a lot of heat, but the play calling changed for Drew Locke. You saw, you saw him, him get a, kind of run the play action. You saw first read throws, first read opportunities, whereas Bridgewater kind of likes to, to go through his progressions more. And the read option, the read option there, that's where he fumbled. That's a that's a play that Drew Locke has shown he can run going well going back to Mizzou. They gave that's why I'm I know people are really hard on Shermer. They're 
blaming the call. Drew said last night that he goes through the play sheet every week and dots the plays that he feels most comfortable with, that he would want to run if he came, if he came in, just so Mike Shula and Pat Shermer know that if he comes in, let's run, let's go with these plays. I think I've got these, right? Yep. And so that's why I think I, I don't put as much blame on Pat Shermer here, at least in terms of calling plays for Drew Locke as a lot of people do. I actually think they've got a little bit, bit of a of a good good system where Drew has input, it, and to, and Drew to his credit is giving that input to the court, to to Shula and to Shermer, and then I there was a difference in how they called plays, and they played to Drew's strengths. And again, you know, if if he doesn't fumble, we're probably not having this conversation. But he did fumble. He did make a, a bad decision on the read option, and unfortunately. You can't divorce that from the good plays. It's all part of the package. Like I did on that little diagram last night where I, said I had to put success at the top, kind of in the end zone. I said three and five, and five's path was kind of a, a straight line, but a little bit squiggly, but it fell short. And then Drew was like, you ever read The Family Circus back in the day? Never heard of it. It's a comic strip. Well, they used to have this thing where Billy, one of the characters, would kind of just meander and go all over the place, up, down, all around, and they would trace it on the comic strip. And basically, it ends up in roughly the same spot. There are two two different paths, and I think ben, Benjamin Albright said this as well: two different paths to basically the same place. Yeah, yeah. Medi- uh, mediocrity and middling team, blah blah blah. Yep, exactly. And we know that's where Broncos don't <laughs> yeah. want to be. We we we've seen that too much over the past few years. Uh, but you know what? It's too late to to go four and thirteen. It's it's too late to go twelve and five this year, and so the Broncos are where they are. They can finish seven and ten. They can finish ten and seven anywhere in between. Not too late to go seven and ten. It it, it is and, not. And I would say this: if they lose Sunday, if until you're out of it, you go all out, right? I think we can agree on that. You you you, you try, you strive, you do everything until you, until you're if not mathematically done, practically done. Yep. The Broncos probably won't be mathematically done if they lose on Sunday, but they are for all practical purposes done. At that point, then, fine, go ahead. Right. Lose out, get the better draft pick. Right. But that's not how you feel going into this game. Right. 5%, I think the Braves at one point had a 2% chance to win the World Series <laughs> or a 10% chance to win the division. Oh, by the way, independent of, of other results, if the Broncos win on Sunday, 5% becomes 10%. There we go. If they beat the Chargers, 10% becomes 33%. Yep, there you go. And then there's a chance that the Broncos are playing a uh-huh. Chiefs team that isn't playing for anything. Right. So I know everyone feels bad right now, but this is we are not at tank moment yet. We, we, we are at still going balls to the wall to try to make something of this season. And it's up to it's up to yeah. Drew. It's up yeah. to Drew to keep that alive this Sunday keep hope against alive. the Raiders. And if you're feeling down, something that can pick you up is our friends over at Lightshade Dispensary. Guys, Lightshade Dispensary has a premium selection of cannabis concentrates, top shelf flower edibles, tinctures, accessories, and more. And right now they've got the Escape Artist, which is the highest award topical brand in Colorado that prioritizes quality and consistency. They have ratios available in one-to-one and high ratio CBD 20-to-1. They have you covered and they're always using the best materials and ingredients to deliver the premium experience. And you can get the Escape Artist over at Lightshade Dispensary. They have 10 
premier locations in Colorado, soon to be 11 in the Denver metro area and Aurora. And they're offering something for everyone from the casual consumer to the connoisseur. You can check them out online too at lightshade.com or you can go check out a uh, dispensary near you over at Lightshade. So check them out. And when you do, whether you're online, whether you're in person, use the code DNVR and you'll get 25% off non-sale items. So check them out online, lightshade.com or go in person and use that code DNVR to get 25% off. Well, we're watching everything uh, around sports in terms of COVID cancellations, postponements and whatnot. Hopefully the Nuggets game on Wednesday will not be postponed. And the reason is because there's something big going on here at the DNVR bar for Wednesday night's Nuggets watch party. It's an ugly sweater party. Zach, do you have a good ugly sweater? Uh, surprisingly, no. I've got really? I've got all the uh, Hawaiian or Aloha shirts, as you would call them, but no ugly sweaters. You know what? I don't either. I, I nearly <laughs> I nearly bought one last week, but I couldn't pull the trigger on it. Mm. I actually right now don't have an ugly sweater. I just have a sweatshirt that has kind of an ugly sweater pattern on it, oh, okay. and it there has Snoopy of Peanuts fame driving a truck, and it says Merry Christmas on it, <laughs> but it's not going to move the needle in terms of ugly sweaters, but... Many of you out there I know have some ugly sweaters. And if you want to come on out to the DNVR bar on Wednesday night for the Nuggets watch party, it's going to be an ugly sweater competition, giveaways, and of course you get to watch the Nuggets and the great Nikola Jokic in action, certainly after uh, what we saw from the Broncos on Sunday in that loss to the Bengals and no abs this week. Sports-wise, you need a palate cleanser. We're not going to get CSU on Tuesday night because of a COVID-related. That's a cancellation. Against yep. Alabama, I and know. That's a bummer. You were really looking forward to oh, that. Oh, absolutely. Who were you going to pull for? I, I, I don't have to release that information now, Mace. That means that you're <laughs> going to pull for the Crimson Tide, I think. You're, I'll, let, I'll let my, you're, my silence do the talking. You're Mr. Alabama all around at this point, right? This isn't just football. You're Alabama basketball, too. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And, mm-hmm. and their, their program hasn't just been building this year. They're elite this year. It's yes, been building are. for a couple of years. They could have been in the Final Four last year. Yep, exactly. Right. What happened? It's amazing what happens when you have a great coach. Yep. Uh, and I know people are probably hearing that and thinking, <laughs> oh, yeah, Broncos. Yeah. Well, Nate Oates is a great college basketball coach. and Bring uh, him in as offensive coordinator. You know, could a great college basketball coach do any worse than... <laughs> anyway, that's cruel. But... The ugly Christmas sweater party for the Nuggets watch party on Wednesday. Come on out, out to the DMVR bar. And, of course, if you're a member, you'll get those big beers for the size of small beers. You'll get discounts on merchandise as well. We're going to have merchandise for sale. All that is a reason to check out the DMVR bar and reasons to become a DMVR member today. And, uh, guys, there's an important game tonight over at DraftKings Sportsbook. And I want to get into our DraftKings pick of the week right now because, Mace, we've got the Las Vegas Raiders going into Cleveland. The game's set to kick off in 59 minutes, and so far they're not postponing it. The game is on, and the Browns don't have Baker Mayfield. The Browns don't have Case Keesum, Ke- Keenum. I ha! mean, they are— Did you, you didn't do that intentionally either. Oh, maybe I'm a good actor. I don't um, know. That was pretty good. <laughs> They've got Nick Mullins making a start— And how about this? The Raiders are only three-point favorites. And at three-point favorites, you can get them at plus 100, making great value. And Mace, no one in Denver wants to cheer for the Raiders. But I've got two reasons that you should be cheering for the Raiders. Mace, if the Raiders beat the Browns, yes, the Raiders will go to 7-7, and be tied with the Broncos for the same record. But 
The Browns will then not be a game ahead of the Broncos, which is really important. The Broncos can eliminate the Raiders next week by beating them anyway. So having the Raiders win does not impact the Broncos' chances at the playoffs. It helps them because it knocks the Browns down. So good there. But then, Mace, it's also good because then the Broncos will also get a better position in the draft. Right now the Broncos are picking 15th in the draft. If the Raiders win... They'll be picking 14th in the draft. So it's a win-win. It helps you for the playoffs, and it helps you in draft positioning. So that's why it's not easy to say, but you want the Raiders to win. And I think that they will win by three or more points. So that's why I'm taking the Raiders minus three. You want to talk about draft positioning as well? If the Vikings get upset by the Bears tonight, that's another pick the Broncos would gain. Mm, So the Broncos could be 13th after tonight? Ah, Are you picking that? Mm. That'd be a bold pick. No, I'm picking the Vikings to win tonight. <laughs> They're, it's on the road. They're a six and a half point favorite. They're maddeningly inconsistent. Yet somehow they're still in this race despite everything. They they're gonna I think they're gonna come out and play and play in a desperate manner in this game. I think there'll be a high it'll be a high wire act. Maybe a lot like that Pittsburgh game eleven days ago. They you know, they get ahead, they blow it, but I think the Vikings hang on six and a half. I think they'll win by seven. I love it. They will barely cover somewhere along the lines of thirty four twenty seven. Ooh, a fun game. Well, I, mean, I like the Vikings it. defense is a train wreck right yeah. now. Yeah. That lends itself to fun football. Yeah. It's it a really disaster. does. So we're taking the over too. I like that, Mace. I, I like that a lot. You know, after watching uh, Nick Mullins for three hours later this afternoon, I think it's going to be fun <laughs> to see the to see that the Bears and, and Vikings potentially trade touchdowns in in maybe a a little bit of a shootout there on the lakefront in Chicago. I I'm, love ho- it. I'm hoping for that. By the way, is anybody calling for Mullins anymore? Yes, in fact, Colin for Mullen showed up in the comment section of one of my articles last week, and I said, "Colin, where have you been? I I, I love you." I, so he's still rolling with us. But hey, Colin, Christmas has come early for Colin for Mullen because <laughs> yes, here's a shot, it, it, a shot that didn't seem possible when in the preseason for the Eagles he looked terrible. Yep, and now. Here's his, here's his big chance to get on back on the radar here in the NFL. Yep, it is. And it's your chance to get on the radar at DraftKings Sportsbook where they are giving you the chance to win $150 in free bets. If you place a $5 bet on any NBA game and that team wins, you'll get $150 in free bets for the new customers. And on top of that, Mace, DraftKings is in a giving mood this Christmas week. If you, they, they are giving out free Free holiday bet surprises this week, and everyone will get a free bet up to $50 instantly as they give away over $10 million in prizes. So now get in right now for new users. Bet $5 on any NBA team, and if they win, you will get $150 in free bets. And then on top of that, everyone is going to get a free bet of at least $50. So make sure to head to the App Store now, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and use the code DNVR when you sign up to get in on these offers. And of course, you must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, Mace, we broke down the most important uh, topics in Broncos country, and the people definitely want to be heard, so I want to dive into them as well. But first, I want to get to, uh, are there any other 
things that you want to talk about from yesterday's game since of course you were not able to join us on the post game pod yesterday. I mean, let's be let's do a little positivity here. The defense played lights out. Yep. One bad play and unfortunately when you have an offense that is struggling at the point where you have no when you have no margin for error, that one play proved costly. But de- defense was astounding. Pat Sertan, I know he was on the the receiving end of the the pass to Tyler Boyd that really put a damper on the Broncos' hopes of coming back there on that third down. But in the long haul, PS2 had a great game. Contained Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase only one catch for three yards, and a lot of that was because of the work of, of PS2. And also the run defense, better than anybody could have expected. Really, the problematic runs for the Bengals were when Joe Burrow took off. Joe Mixon had some solid gains, but didn't have the breakaway runs like he's had throughout the season. Broncos held him below four yards of carry. Until yesterday, Mixon below four yards of carry meant the Bengals lost. Yeah. The Bengals still won, which is evidence of all the other things that are uh, that, that are issues on this team offensively and special teams. <sighs> Garrett Bowles, I don't know how much you talked about him on the podcast last night. Bad day. Yep. And remember, we talked about him last week. Players that need to play their to their potential in this game, in that game, for the Broncos to do well. And I mentioned Garrett Bowles, and Bowles struggled. That was probably that was his worst game in the last couple of years. Yeah, it was. And we are back to the classic yeah. two holds for Garrett Bowles. Yeah. Uh, and the, hey, that the, rhymes. Nice. It does. Unfortunately, uh, people start chanting that soon at the stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Mace, of course, also the rest of the offensive line outside of Bobby Massey didn't didn't play well yeah. as as well. But positives. I mean, holding Jamar Chase to one catch. Yeah, that's just an incredible job. Vic Fangio, the the defensive coordinator has really done an outstanding job this year. Vic Fangio, the head coach, I mean, just yesterday, look, we saw game management issues, mm-hmm. and, and it seems like those are never going to go away. We're in year three, almost the end of year three. It seems like the the Vic Fangio is not going to to learn on that the head coaching game management issues. Mm-hmm. But as a defensive coordinator, we talked about this when they hired him. His defenses became elite in year three, and we're seeing that this year, even with guys like Jonas Griffith playing yeah. inside linebacker. Yeah. And the you know basically the duct tape and bailing wire defensive line yesterday, without Draymond Jones played well, mm-hmm. did it did its job. Deshaun Williams had a very solid game up front. Shelby Harris had a good game. He drew a holding, drew of course a holding penalty in the course of that of that contest. Everybody stepped up. Yep. And while the offense has been very inconsistent week to week, something I asked Albert Okwebunam about after the game last night. You look at the defense since coming back from the bye. 13 points given up to the Chargers. 16 points, because we're talking about what the defense allowed to Kansas City. 10 points to the Lions. 15 points to the Bengals. Pretty darn good. Yes, and you're 2-2 in those games. Uh, Yeah, you should be 4-0. It's a shame that if you have to move on from Vic Fangio, it means moving on from Vic Fangio, the defensive coordinator. Mm. But uh, I know that's something that... uh, that Ryan has alluded to, in, and he talked about last night. I know he pointed that out uh, on uh, Twitter earlier today. The numbers posted against young stud quarterbacks, Burrow, Mahomes, and Herbert by this defense. But unfortunately, um, you may have to think about it in terms of if the team doesn't make the playoffs, and I think this is probably where the Broncos will end up landing. Okay, you might lose the the defensive mind, but can you find... Someone who is, as a defensive tactician, 
80% of that with a head coach that brings more to the table than Vic Fangio does. Right. That's the equation. So that that's the equation they're probably going to factor in and that's as they why, make a decision. It, 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 and that's why there is a decision here is because the yeah. team isn't in the dumps, Mace. The team is 7-7, seven and seven, so it's not like you're just going to blow everyone out because of the record. The record doesn't indicate that you're blowing everyone out. The offensive performance <laughs> does indicate that you should blow everyone out on the offensive side of the ball, and the defensive side of the ball says you shouldn't. That's why there's a very interesting decision here, and it all comes down to will you be able to upgrade that's mm-hmm. also part of it what's out there just like we're looking at the quarterback situation right now and why I think there's a chance Teddy Bridgewater is back next year isn't because they're just going to sign him to a four-year hundred million dollar deal and say here you go Teddy no it's because maybe they need to get a guy uh, in the first round and they want to groom him for a year Teddy probably is a really good guy to help groom a guy. And so that's also what you have to look at, the landscape of head coaches, and if you'll be able to land these guys too. And Mace, I think this is a, mm-hmm. a, a really good conversation, maybe even for tomorrow's it's pod. Another, because it's another pod, I think. Exactly. It, it, it's it's really deep because I have a, an interesting, some people may say spicy take out there too about this as mm-hmm. well. And Mace, I know the people are dying to be heard as well. Can we dive into the comment section? Sure, real quick. No super chats today, Cal? All right. No super chat. So we'll head over to thednvr.com. And if you go, if you want to have your comment read on this pod, go to thednvr.com. At the top of the screen, click podcast and click Broncos podcast. The first one that pops up, leave your comp, click on, scroll to the bottom, leave your comment there, and we will get to it on the following day's podcast. So, Mace, let's do that for the people that have done so. First one coming in from D Bronk. Seeing Broncos fans calling for Fangio to be fired makes no sense. A fan saying that. How about mm-hmm. that? The defense is literally the only thing the Broncos have going for it. Losing the best defensive coach in the league when you have Mahomes and Herbert in your division makes no sense. Replacing Fangio with the Dan Quinn or Brian Dable sounds awful to me. Am I the only one who wants to see a change at quarterback and possibly offensive coordinator and special teams coach? I don't think you're the only one, but I would also say this, that especially if you end up going young quarterback, if you can't get Rodgers or Wilson on the trade market, do you really want to be kind of going through this again where maybe you're changing the head coach if next year isn't up to par? I th- And look, that's like you said, this is part of why it's, it's kind of hazy because the defense is very good. But at the same time, being a head coach requires kind of a big-picture vision on things. It requires game. It requires being able to manage a game, and we saw how things went at the end of the first half. It requires some skills that Vic Fangio, thus far in his tenure, hasn't proven are his strengths. And it's unfortunate, but the head coach needs to be someone who is more than just a tactician. The head coach needs to be a leader. Needs to kind of set the tone overall. Um, I remember um, my, my radio co-host, Eric Goodman, was telling me one day on, on the radio side that uh, he talked with a player a couple of years ago and when we could still go in the locker room and said that that player wasn't convinced that Vic Fangio knew that he had kids or, what, or, or you know, how many that he had. There's a little... So when you kind of hear that coming from the locker room, it's clear that there's a little something that in terms of managing a team that Vic Fangio struggles at. Defensive mind, 
Ab- brilliant. But just because, you know, just, it's the whole thing of like being a, a, you know, being a cook versus being a chef. Just because you're a good cook in the kitchen doesn't mean that you should be the executive chef overseeing everything. I don't know. Vic Fangio may, may say he should be an executive chef of an Italian restaurant. We've seen him cook no. in the kitchen. Okay. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> I do know what you mean. And actually, D. Bronk, you're not the only person that wants to keep Fangio. I'm seeing it just in the comments section. Uh, we have someone saying, I want to keep Fangio. We have someone else saying, Fangio is staying and bringing in Joe Brady. I mean, I actually think in these last 24 hours, Vic Fangio, crazy enough, has got more support than more hate coming from the fans right now. Mm-hmm. Just all of that disdain is going right Pat at Shermer. Pat Shermer. Yeah, yeah. and, and under, understandably so. If you look at it since the bye, you mentioned the defensive numbers. The Broncos' defense has been doing great. The Broncos' offense has not been doing consistently great. And it's inconsistent. It's, 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 weak. it's, it's weak to weak all over the place. And you start with, let's start with the Washington game. 17 points for the offense. Dallas, 30. Yay. Philadelphia, 13. Los Angeles Chargers, offense gets 21, back on track, 9 points in Kansas City, 38 against Detroit, 10 yesterday. So by that pattern, the offense is probably going to do well against a struggling Raiders defense on Sunday and then come back to earth against the Chargers the day after New Year's. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> probably that's how it's going to go. It's going to get everyone's hopes up, and yep. then it's going to come crashing down. Next one from Phil8841 says, I don't have a real issue with Vic staying on. Again, more support. Yeah. But Pat Shermer has to go. I honestly don't believe that this offense can reach its potential as long as he's here, regardless of who the quarterback is. There has to be an offensive coordinator out there who can scheme to fit the personnel and the quarterback and stop trying to fit square pegs into round holes. Last year, I was easy to blame everything on Drew, but this year, it's easier to see how much of it is Shermer. That is in no way endorsing the quarterbacks we have, just that a new quarterback and same offensive coordinator is not going to fix it either. Yeah, need need a new approach over there. And I don't think Shermer has been as bad as a lot of people do, but he hasn't done anything to justify keeping the job. And uh, and then on top of that, you know, he has that utter disdain for number crunchers. Well, you know what? Are you a number cruncher? I'm a number cruncher. <laughs> the game is getting more attuned with an- analytics. It's true. The more you go. Yep. And if you're not, if you're not at least taking into account the take of the number crunchers, then you're going to be passed by. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You're going to be a fossil, a dinosaur in this game. Analytics and numbers don't have to be how you coach, but they should absolutely be a tool of it. Exactly, and they should inform your decisions. I I like, by the way, the kind of the defense that Brandon Staley made on Friday for the decisions the Chargers made tactically on Thursday night. I I like it too, but I think I like it for a different reason. Why do you like it? Well, I just like the fact that he's he he a kind of he, he's able to explain every decision and why they do it. The other thing is when you're the analytics say go for it more often. Yep. But there's also another benefit I think to team building, and he pointed this out as well. You do that, you're basically showing confidence in your guys to get the job done. Right. Right. And that's something that has benefit beyond number crunching. That has benefit in terms of your locker room and. And and your players knowing that you believe in them. Yep, yep. I love that he stood by it, yeah. didn't back down from it, and said, we're going to continue to do this because it's exactly that, Mace. Mm. It's showing confidence, and it's showing that, look, 
Next time we go, we, we do this, we're mm-hmm. going to hit it. The numbers are in our favor, and now they're really in our favor. This isn't going to happen again. And so you know right. what? If those numbers start going their way in the playoffs, that's a very dangerous team it, to play. It's such a big picture view to have. Yeah. And very few coaches have that sort of view in football. You see a little more of that in baseball, which is why you know analytics are probably kind of a more prominent tool there. But you got a broader sample size and, and bigger games and a, or a bigger amount of games, more at bats, etc. That you can kind of lean on. Football, you don't have that, and so it takes a lot of gumption and resolve to stick with it when, in one game, it didn't work. To understand that if you play the long game with this, it will work more often than not. Yeah. Every uh, the no, eventually the numbers will normalize. Yeah, they they yeah. will. They right. will. And uh and yeah, the Broncos need more creativity on the offensive side of the ball. I completely yeah. agree with you guys. Hawkeye Broncos says, fellas, I think the play of the game was from Joe Burrow. Third and eight just before the two minute warning, his completion while taking a hit to Tyler Boyd, which essentially sealed the game. When's the last time a Broncos quarterback made a throw in a spot like that? It's the difference between having a winner and all the other guys. Made me think of Elway to Sharp on third down late in the 97 championship game at Pittsburgh. Miss those days. Anyway, go DNVR. You guys do great work. P.S. How the bleep does Jerry Judy have zero catches? It's he had head a scratching. Offside penalty that nullified one catch <laughs> yep. on a check down near the end. Four targets, zero catches, zero yards for Jerry. And we saw we saw him going back and forth with, with Eli Apple after the game on Twitter. Yeah, and he, he mentioned how often he was getting open, which, uh, <laughs> I mean, it kind of harkened back to last. Do you remember when he deleted that tweet after the Chiefs game? Yeah, yeah, about yeah. conditioning. Yeah, Jerry Judy is... He's still not happy with the uh, quarterback position. He's yeah, I mean he's not happy with with the position. He has also never experienced anything like this. Not yeah. just his numbers not being mm-hmm. there, but the team success not being there. I mean this is a whole new world for Jerry Judy. I mean I think the mystifying thing is we could see in practice that Bridgewater and Judy had good chemistry and timing, right. and yet it's, yeah. it hasn't revealed itself as consistently on the field as you would have liked. Yep. So. Yeah. It's frustrating, but yeah, that that play. I alluded to that that pass from Burrow to Boyd earlier, and, and how it basically uh, it put the Broncos in a vice grip, limiting their chance to come back. And uh, that's it's a great play. Bur- you know, if you looked at the box score, you'd say Joe Burrow didn't do well. I thought Joe, I thought he was terrific yesterday in terms of the decision making that he had, the high, what he did in high leverage situations, especially on that throw on that throw to Boyd. The Bengals are in very good hands with Joe Burrow. They're going to be just fine. They Joe are. Burrow is uh, my favorite player in the league right now. How about that? I, I was actually the only you. good thing that happened out of yesterday is I got to see him play in person, which was awesome. <laughs> well, that's that's pretty cool and something he else. Has it. He has the it factor. You can, he does. You he, can see it. Yeah, I thought you could see it last year, too. Yeah. But it's really a, it was really apparent yesterday, I thought. And it, apparent even in a loss last week against the 49ers the way he brought them back you can kind of you could see that resolve that he possesses and remind me how did the Bengals get Joe Burrow they royally sucked in 2019 to earn the number one overall pick they actually started Ryan Finley for a few games remember and so they they used the number one overall pick to get a quarterback yeah it's that's a big investment that's the investment I'd like to see the Denver Broncos use to get a quarterback so what are you saying 
if they let's say they they go gaga for Matt Corral. Are you saying that if they're got if they decide Matt Corral is our QB one, that they should pick up the phone and call at this moment the Jacksonville Jaguars? Without a doubt, without a doubt. And so the Jacksonville Jaguars having the number one overall seed mace uh-huh. is great news for the Broncos. They're not moving on from uh, from Trevor Lawrence for Matt Corral. Now I'm only advocating this if you absolutely love. Matt Corral, but then you do it. You yeah. send three first-round picks. You send whatever you need to. Pat Sertan, In Javante order. Williams. Are we just going to keep going? We're going to do this. Zach, We're gonna have the I conversation we had last week again. Zach, I get your point, but none of these guys are Joe Burrow, and we should not pretend they are. Um, Joe Burrow, I mean, he had hype for – Half a season, I mean, a full, a full season. He was yeah. he wasn't the guy forever. But I, I'm no, but I'm saying what Mace said. Mace said if they go crazy for a guy, then you make the move to go get him. And, and now, it, and probably in this draft, isn't the number one overall pick, so you don't have to go that crazy. But you do what you have to do to get him. Having the number one overall pick, you got to be really bad. The Broncos aren't going to get the number one overall pick, but just by being bad the rest of this season. But what I mean is, it's not like a coincidence that Justin Herbert lands mm-hmm. and, and, and is a success. He was a top six pick. It's not a, a, just a shocker that Patrick Mahomes ends up being really good. The Chiefs traded up to, to, into the top ten for him. Uh, Joe Burrow picked number one overall. These guys are – people knew they were going to be good, so teams had to give up a lot to get them. Mm-hmm. The Broncos have not done that, and that's what we need to see. One way or the other, whether it's trading for a veteran or trading up in round one, I – do believe the Broncos will surrender their 2023 first round pick to acquire a quarterback. I love that. I love that. That's I my really hot, that's my hot take for the that's day. That's true. One way or the other, whether it's for a vet or QB one in this coming draft, I think they'll sur- I think they'll be willing to trade their round one pick in 23 to. to ensure they get the guy they want. And we know that would mean a lot coming from George Payton with how much he loves his draft picks. We know that as well. Yep. But he'll probably, to balance the scales, get a couple of seventh rounders <laughs> back sure in would. return he, so he has yeah. the same number of picks so he can get the 10 picks in every draft. Yep, exactly. Oh, bless George. <laughs> exactly. I'm sorry. I think I love that. Bless love George that. and bless our friends over at Saturday Neon where they have the absolute coolest neon signs. We have a couple here. We have a CU Buffs one. We have a CSU Rams one to support the better basketball team, of course. You got to go with the Rams. And over at Saturday Neon, you can get CU stuff. You can get CSU stuff. Of course, they are former CSU. CU grads, so they've got all the CU stuff, but also they're starting to re to to to, to expand and get with other colleges to make things. So you got to check them out over at Saturday Neon just to see how cool their pieces are. And they're giving you ten percent off if you use the code DNVR at checkout. You'll get ten percent off. And guys, this is just the absolute greatest gift ever. We got Kale bringing in the Rams one right here. Ooh. Look how cool that is, and it's huge too, guys. It is so cool. The the neon is awesome as well. You want to blow someone's doors away for Christmas, you get them a Saturday neon sign. And use that code DNVR for 10% off your purchase. And they've got other colleges as well. They do. They do. Beyond CU and CSU. And they're adding more colleges as we go along as well. So there's some really good-looking signs they've got over there. But that CSU Rams one, that might be their best-looking sign because of how intricate the CSU logo is. Yep. Yeah. No, sorry, sorry, CU fans, but that is that that is a stunning sign when it's turned on. By the way, 
It it is. You know what else can be stunning? A good slice of pizza. Oh, right? uh, a good slice of pizza can be sexy, Mace. Yeah. How much pizza did you have yesterday? Um, I, I, I had a, uh, a a piece of uh, the green chili pizza. I had the green chili yep. as well. It was tremendous. It was. A tremendous way to start the day, of course, at the DMVR tailgate. You come on out to the tailgate. We've got one more tailgate, I believe, left for the Kansas City game at the end of the season. We've had sexy pizza out there at all of the tailgates, and it's helped make the tailgates pop. Sexy pizza, of course, has 13 years in the Denver community. It's as local as it gets. Hand-tossed deck oven pizza with made-from-scratch each morning dough. You can have a wide range of toppings. You can have, or you can have one of their signature philanthropies. A portion of every one of those philanthropies is donated to a range of different nonprofits right here in Colorado. So you know what? Sexy Pizza is all about giving back to the community. It's all about Denver. It's local. It's terrific. With a 12, 18, or 16, or 18 inch crust, it's sure to be the right fit whether you want a pizza for one or a pizza for many. You can also get wings, salads, pasta, garlic nuts, desserts, and don't forget about their vegan options or a delicious 12-inch gluten-free crust. It's can't miss. They've got locations in Denver and Capitol Hill, Old South Pearl, Jefferson Park, and Park Hill, and they're coming soon down in Trinidad. So check out Sexy Pizza and have some of the be- have the best pizza that you're going to find in Denver. Jay Young is chiming in the comment section and says, hold out for Bryce Young. Ooh, you know I love me, I a know. Bama quarterback. Can Broncos country hold out another year? It, it would take uh, George Payton uh, admitting it without admitting it. Obviously, he wouldn't say we're going to be really bad in 2022, mm-hmm. but he would have to come out with some sort of, uh, you know, we, we're focused on the future. We've got a plan, a quarterback, j- just, just be calm, uh, and I just – that's not the Bronco way. I don't expect him to do that. I would love it if he did because it would show a plan, and that and that's what I really want is a plan. But really quick, I have a plan to take care of your teeth, and that is our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. If you visit them, they're going to take care of you in more than one way. Not only will you get your teeth cleaned in a great atmosphere, you get to talk Colorado sports, but they will hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. That's all you have to do. Schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. You're going to do that anyways at a different dentist, and they'll hand over a free Sonicare toothbrush over there at Green Mountain Dental. They're only a 15-minute drive from downtown Denver, so make sure to check them out and tell them that we sent you over at Green Mountain Dental. All right, Mace, let's hop into more comments here because people got a lot to say. Mm -hmm. Kendall Hinton, Hall of Famer. Hope Teddy will be okay. I think Sutton played that almost touchdown basically perfect. The defender played it really well. I think that pass is broken up most of the time for even the best wide receivers. This offense is something else. It moves and plays like an injured sloth trying to pull itself out of quicksand. The difference is the sloth is actually trying. As long as Shermer is the OC, we will be doomed to fail and underperform. Would it be cool to make the playoffs? Sure. There's almost nothing Broncos fans want more right now. Would I rather have Shermer gone than risk making the playoffs and him coming back? Yes, without question. All you need in order to understand why basically 50% of fans would rather have the staff gone than make the playoffs is to watch these games and this play calling. Seriously, rewatch it if you need to, if you can stomach the bleep. I don't know how much more obvious it could be why so many fans would rather have the staff gone than make the playoffs. 
But at least thanks to this staff and level of play, the Broncos have changed one thing. They've made thousands of no-shows, a new normal for this franchise. At least we're not the Lions or the Jets, LMAO. Yeah, I got to say, my uh, my fiance went to her first Broncos game yesterday, and, and she went with some friends from out of town. Uh, and the people from out of town, big football fans, uh, mm. it, from some East Coast teams. Yeah. And uh, I was embarrassed, you know, having mm. to, after the game, say, like, it's not typically like this. Because this year it typically is like this with with all the no shows. I mean the the electric atmosphere in the stadium, Mace. We haven't seen it for years, and obviously last year it's because it was COVID. No fans were allowed. This year there really has not been an electric game from start to finish that that we were so used to seeing for so many years, and it's it's a bummer. And it it starts with the Broncos mm-hmm. not being good enough, and then the fans not coming, but. Man, it's a bummer to have to say, I promise you, that this is more electric. It, it typically is. Yeah, although we were starting to see it happen in 2018 and 2019 as well. You kind of throw out 2020 because yep. of COVID, but yep. um, it's it's settling into multiple years of this. Yeah, of which look, is the scariest part. And honestly, you looked around. I think a fair amount of people left at halftime yep. because – the bowl was nowhere near as full in the second half as it was for the first half. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, it's also interesting, if you go on Ticketmaster and look at the available seats, there are two, there are two colors for the seats. If, the seat, if you see a dot that is kind of um, fuchsia, that means it's a re- resale ticket. If you see a dot that's blue, it means it just hasn't been sold. It's an original sale ticket. So then how is it still a no-show? Or, or uh, I'm sorry, not a no-show. How is it still a sellout? Well, they don't count, like, some of those seats are returned by the opponent if they can't sell them, and so they show up there at the end. But that's why, like, you look up in the corners and you see all those empty seats, right? Yeah. I mean, some of them are returned, are returned by the teams. The, the whole sellout term is kind of, uh, how shall I say, it's a little bit more malleable, another M-word, than it has mm. been in the past. <laughs> Easier to manipulate yes (laughs) very very much so but yeah like i looked on sunday morning and there were thousands of dots and i I, at one point i saw 25 dollars seats available on the secondary market on sunday morning incredible imagine i mean even with the chiefs coming in but imagine if you've got chiefs likely playing their backups and the broncos if they don't win the next two playing out the string yikes it's gonna be remember that charger game a couple of years ago 19,000 no-shows. Oh, yikes. It's going to look like that. And that, I mean, that that's a way to uh, show your dis- disapproval of what's going on. Right. And that's, an, and that's another thing. And even though we expect that the team will go on the market in the offseason, it's still like, it, it's, it, it's still a message that you can send. And until, until the team is sold, Joe Ellis is still making the ultimate calls on things. Yep. And he notices the empty seats. He does. He does. Just just like an owner would. Yep. Welsh Bronco 170 says, hey, guys, let's start with let's hope Teddy's okay. It is the only sport at the end of the day, or it's only a sport at the end of the day, and health is wealth. The next part of the comment is quite easy to analyze. The same problem we've had since 2015. We need a top 10 quarterback. Give up whatever it takes to get one. Otherwise, you will live in the loop of hope forever. If Wilson is a real option, pay the price that is required. WB 170. I think what Welsh Bronco's saying is, Anyone is available. I like mm-hmm. where your head's at, Welsh Bronco. Yeah, I mean, there's probably <laughs> a, a limit. I think Zach and I have different limits on what we would trade <laughs> to uh, get that guy. 
But uh, yeah, you have to you have to do something. Either it's a top ten quarterback right now, or it's somebody that you believe in relatively short time can be a top ten quarterback. Look again, if you believe Matt Corral can be a top ten quarterback, can develop like Joe Burrow did, go get him. Yep. Do what it takes. If if you if you have a conviction, that's a word we're going to lose a lot probably in the next few months here if the Broncos don't go for a veteran quarterback. If you have a, vic- a conviction on any of these guys, do it. Yep, I can Do what it takes. Completely agree. Dan Berg says, hey guys, as a day one Calvin Anderson stand, y'all know I love my down roster Broncos players. To that point, my favorite player on the team might be Jonas Griffith right now. He looks really good for two games now. PFF wrote this about him after yesterday's game. When he returns, Kenny Young might not even have a starting spot when with how Jonas Griffith has played. The 2020 UDFA from Indiana State was all over the field Sunday. He racked up seven defensive stops to lead all players. He was targeted six times and allowed only 13 yards with no first downs. What have been your impressions of Griffith in the first two games, and is there any long-term potential here? But Yeah, there is long-term potential there, and uh, one thing that I think has been evident is that the run defense has been a bit better with him out there. He's kind of squelched any fears of uh, struggling against the run uh, that that you had by throwing by throwing him out there. It, he's an interesting player to watch, especially if they end up playing him some more these last two or three games. And I think you should find a way to to make him work. Baron Browning, I feel good writing him in Sharpie as a starting inside linebacker next year. I do too, but it's kind of wide open there. You Kenny Young, Jonas Griffith. Uh, Josie, Josie Jewell. Jewel. Yeah. We know now. Josie Jewell. It's interesting because I I like him very much. We know Vic Fangio likes him very much. Yep. But if you move on, if you move on from Vic Fangio, I think Josie Jewell might go where Vic Fangio goes. <laughs> yes, I think so too. Yeah. I absolutely think so too. And what this means is the Broncos aren't going to have to pay anyone big time money. Mace Baron no. Browning's under contract. If Kenny Young wants too no. much, they'll, they'll probably feel comfortable going with uh, with Jonas Griffith or, or something along those lines. One routes. of the Jonas brothers. <laughs> Lou Drock says, hey, guys, where to even begin? Another reminder that Shermer needs to be shown the door today. And another reminder that Fangio simply cannot perform the role as a head coach. His game and clock management is horrendous. I asked Zach and Mace last week on the pod if the – well, Ryan's not here, and he wanted to ask a question to uh, Ryan. <laughs> so uh, we appreciate you uh, tuning in and – and Lou Drock, why don't you just drop this on today's podcast? I think the yeah. three of us will be together tomorrow as well. Next one from Danberg again. He says, sorry for the double comment, but I thought this was an interesting dilemma for the Broncos facing themselves and an interesting dilemma that the Broncos face. So I wanted to get your thoughts. So the NFL has a one-year rule this year where teams can interview coaching candidates early if the current coach is fired or is not intending to be brought back. Considering the Broncos are all but eliminated from the playoffs, does it make sense for Peyton to let it know to let Vic know that he won't be back this year and take advantage of the head coaching search? They don't even have to fire Vic. They can just let them know that they're going to go in a different direction next year. What do y'all think? Well, Dan Burke, this is actually something that I brought up mm-hmm. yesterday on the pod and why next Next week is so important. It doesn't really make sense to make a coaching move this mm. week. Look, we're all humans. It, 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 it's a holiday week, and which makes it a little tougher. Not that you're not going to fire someone because of a holiday, but it does condense the week and make it a little different. And, in fact, you're still in the playoff race, so it makes a lot of sense, though. When that's out of the way, when you're really out of the playoffs, if you lose to the Raiders, to move on from Vic, and then you can start your head coaching search next week. But... I think you fire the head coach. I don't think you just let him know that you're moving in a different direction. Mm-hmm. That's too awkward. I think you just do officially fire him. Yeah, and 
there's no reason to do it today, but if they lose this game and you're basically out of it at that point, that's when I think it's probably it it would be something that was potentially in play. And you talk about oh, you don't do a firing over the holidays. Thirty years ago, Mike Brown fired the late <laughs> Sam Weish in Cincinnati on Christmas Eve. Wow. How wow. about that? Now the season was over. The season ended on December twenty second of that year. And so Black Monday was December okay. 20th. But there were some teams that waited until after Christmas. Like Tampa Bay was trying to hire Bill Parcells. It famously failed. But they waited until two days, or the day after Christmas, I believe, or two days, one or two days after Christmas, either on the 26th or 27th, to fire the late Richard Williamson from the job. Mm. So they decided to wait until after the holiday, which maybe wasn't, you know what, though? Do you really want to left, leave somebody dangling over Christmas? Um, I mean, let him be employed. Let Vic watch his Hallmark movies with a job instead of uh, unemployed. Well, the reason why you keep him this week is because you're still in it. You still have, it's. I know everyone's down right now. I get that. But you still have a chance. Yeah. It's, it's still, it's not quite within your grasp, but you can still win three and you're... Pr- I believe if the Broncos win three, 88% chance of going to the playoffs according to 538. Yeah. So that's why you say, oh, well, if we can win three, then we're probably going to be a playoff team. So. Yep. Just dream on. Dream on. I keep, know. The, keep 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 those dreams alive. Yeah. And that's, that's why I think you, you, there's no reason to make a change this week. And, and also you can't start the head coaching search this week. Right. It, it, it would begin next the, week. There's so, a yeah. benefit to next week. If you're out of it, there's a benefit to making the move and being able to get a head start next week. That's why you would do it on Monday. If only if you lose. Mr. Undrafted says if we do trade for either Wilson or Rogers, what are the chances we keep Locke as a backup? He has the arm but lacks the ability to read defenses. How much of that is on Locke and how much of it is on the coaches not putting him in the environment to be able to learn and develop into an NFL starting quarterback? I'm not saying he is the guy, but based on the decisions from top to bottom of this franchise leads to questionable choices not just with quarterbacks but also coaches. Maybe that's stubbornness to prove that the choices have to be right because it was made rather than what's best for the team. As a whole thank you guys for the great coverage as always mr undrafted drew what has he shown this year and he's admitted being a backup is hard i don't think drew's cut out to be a backup and it certainly he still needs years to to, to prove that because when he's coming in relief he said just how difficult it is to not have the weekly preparation if you have russell uh, aaron Rodgers, or russell wilson if you need to turn to your backup you need a guy that's going to be ready to go to keep mm-hmm. you afloat for a game or two or for the rest of a game Drew Locke has proven that he's not that guy. So to me, and and also you're not keeping Drew Locke to develop him to be the guy in a couple of years. No, you're going to have to get a, a different guy once those guys retire. Yeah, it doesn't mean that he can't develop in a, like a, a Ryan Fitzpatrick type who kind of is a fringe starter, backup, top, top level backup over time. But as our but Fitzpatrick had to change teams a bunch of times and kind of bounce around. And usually those guys kind of they kind of bounce. Say it would be somewhere else. Yeah, it's more likely it's somewhere else. And I think probably we are reaching a point where, unless there is something miraculous, a fresh start's probably the best thing for him. Right. 
Yep, I, I, I agree there. Pigtosser66 says, mood, really pissed off. Yep, that's where I'm at, guys. This is pathetic, and I'm angry that I plan my Sundays around watching this garbage. There's so many things to take from this BS at the end of the first half, and all, and they all confirm that this coaching staff does not have a clue. Do you know any other team in the NFL that is playing for a field goal in that situation? The clock management from Vic and the play calls from Shermer were inexcusable. This team needs to maximize every opportunity to put the ball in the end zone. You know what I'm talking about right the big area of grass about 10 yards deep at the end of the field that usually has some cool colors and a logo painted in it what the heck are we doing the best thing that teddy does is not turn the ball over so why are you not trusting him and trying to drive down the field and our defense is playing great football why is Vic scared if they have to come back on the field at the end of the half play football yeah i know since he got three on them at the end of the half but that's on Vic. there can't be any way that peyton looks at this situation and the direction of this team under his staff and keeps it stacked status quo right you know what they point he made a good point here in the comment pig tosser did about cincinnati getting three and that being on vic you rush three you drop eight and i feel like they weren't playing that properly because they weren't accounting for the range that evan mcpherson had right the fact that he came into the game 7 of 8 from beyond 50, and oh, you're on a pristine day at 5,280 feet. Most of McPherson's games are at, I believe, about 480 feet above sea level right there on the banks of the Ohio River. So he is accurate from distance. He should have a little more in his bag because of the, of the elevation. And you played that basically playing a defense to let them into field goal range. I think for all that the defense did right and all that Fangio did right, that that was a screw-up Yep. in terms of the coverage they called there. Yeah, the I mean, it, everything about the game management yeah. leading up to it. The uh, I understand where you're coming from, Pig Tosser. You should always yeah. be playing for touchdowns. At this point, with the way the defense was playing, I understand playing for a field goal, uh, but he, he butchered the whole situation, yeah. and then he butchered the defensive play calling as well, and after the game, Vic Fangio did take some blame for that. Yeah. I mean, in the end, the game management issues were not about the late game as much as they were the end of the first half, because right. as we learned, um, they would have put 40 seconds on the play clock when there was 2.36 left, so the Broncos still had to call the timeout there. It wasn't going to be 25 seconds. Mm. It was going to be 40. And so, that, that's key. Yeah. So they called the timeout when they should have to try to, to try to maximize the time left on the clock. They did, they did their part. But the end of the first half, I mean, that was shades of Vance Joseph there mm. in terms of how that was managed. Yep. Piss it, poor. It really was. Von Miller's Chicken Farm. Howdy, gents. Lions, tailgate, and bar was awesome. Can't wait to – coming back to Texas to watch the abomination is a world of suck. Offense is piss poor. Shermer still needs to go lock in Teddy, post similar stats, and Teddy got his bell rocked. Also, why does Fangio waste the timeout still to go inside two minutes on the drive instead of letting the play go? Timeout and two-minute warning. He has lost. Week in and week out. Thanks for the pod, as always. Well, Mace just explained yeah. it there. Yeah, it was and it was something that Vic Fangio actually explained after the game on the radio, and and it was it was clarified. 40 seconds, and we, we even talked a little about, about it in the press box, 40 seconds was going to go on that clock. And it would still run down once once the referee gave the ready-to-start signal. Right. And the Bengals would have taken every last second of that. <laughs> they so, certainly would have. Yeah. Now, inside of, inside of two minutes, it works differently. And 
the timeout gets automatically assessed. And the Broncos could have saved some time if it had been inside the right. two minutes. Right. So like, if that injury had happened on the playoff two-minute warning, the Broncos would have gotten a huge break. Yep, they would have. But it happened outside the two-minute warning. Exactly. Next one from Bronco Oilers says, Morning, gents. If you were to ask me a month ago, I'd say I want Fangio out, but with how well the defense has performed under him, especially when they're relatively healthy, I'm wary of throwing out the baby with the bathwater. As much as it pains me to say, I'd be more inclined to see what we can get with a better quarterback and offensive coordinator, but keep Vic as the head coach. Yes, he's accountable for his offense, and our issues at offensive coordinator do fall on him, firing Skangarello, hiring Shermer, but I don't think a change at head coach is going to cause a material improvement unless we upgrade the quarterback. In which case, you may as well keep Vic. The mandate we have, the mandate may have been playoffs or bust going into the season, but I'd be shocked if it still is that, since Peyton's stance seeing as though the teams basically maxed out this team's potential with Teddy a quarterback, and that's most of a credit to Vic than a knock. At the same time, Teddy Bridgewater is the quarterback that Vic and the coaching staff wanted. Couldn't it also be the guy George Peyton wanted too, though? Yeah, at the same a little, time, little bit, yes. But it was more, this offseason was about giving Vic what he needed. It's true. We saw that with a little clip that came from the Broncos on draft day. Right. It was give, giving Vic Fangio the things he needed to try, that he felt he needed to try to consolidate his position and save his job. Yep. So, anyway. <laughs> Next one from Mile. What? A lot of silence there after that. <laughs> Mile High Buckeye says, My boys, one of you should coolly ask Shermer how his game plan for scoring one more point than the other team went yesterday and see how he responds. Oh, my. For real, though, watching this offense is so painful, and I feel long-term exposure over the last six years may lead to cancer later in life. This offseason may be one of the most important in team hi- This offseason may be one of the most important in team history. Glad to know you guys rock the podcast in the offseason because it's going to be spicy. Long live D. NVR, long live you, Mile High Buckeye. Yeah. Um, we appreciate a it. A toxic offense. I, I think, uh, shoot, I think the toxicity goes beyond the offense. Bronco, the Broncos Twitter after a loss. <laughs> it's a place that you have toxic. to turn your mentions off, Mace. Toxic. <laughs> Illinois Broncos says, what's up, fellas? Let me just start off by saying I'm kind of sick and tired of being sick and tired of this team. I will love the Broncos until the day I die, but we need change. We are so average, it hurts. My biggest question, though, does Jerry Judy even play on this team anymore? The fact that he is not more involved in this offense is criminal. Oh, well, I guess on to the next one. It was, yeah, and he's getting roasted on Twitter, speaking of Twitter and roasting after. Yeah, and you know what? It was interesting how after not throwing to Cortland Sutton, Cortland Sutton gets a bunch of targets early, and it's largely at Jerry Judy's expense, <laughs> yep. it, it would seem. I yep. mean, Maybe the questions this week need to be about Jerry Judy not getting the ball, and then Jerry Judy will get targeted this week. Let's uh, just hope he takes advantage of it more than Cortland did. Sometime, I, I know this isn't the case, but there are some times, Zach, that I think Pat Shermer's play calling is – Oh, well, y'all complain about not throwing yeah, to Cortland Sutton. Yeah. Here are a bunch of targets to Cortland Sutton. And then next week it's going to be, why didn't, you th- why didn't Jerry Judy have a reception? You know, for a while it was, why aren't they running the ball more often? Yeah. I feel like sometimes <laughs> yeah. there's very much like, well, you think this, I'll show you number crunchers I'm gonna show with my media. pencil behind my ear <laughs> what's going on. I'll, well, I'll, and it didn't even work. Yeah, I mean. To the, to the tune of 10 points. That's failing. I don't look. I don't actually think that's how he's calling plays, but it is kind of interesting. It is. We've seen it happen multiple times, though. Yeah. That kind of uh, mentality. And final one coming in from Def Wu says, well, guys, 
It's that there's always next year time of year again. Like everyone else, I'm looking forward to a new offensive coordinator. Shermer gives me the impression that he's a real my way or the highway type. Maybe us fans have an overinflated view of the individual talent on this offense, but it seems inexcusable to have this much talent at your disposal to just look this inept. Every game day or every game day feels like he's throwing crap at the wall and hoping it sticks. I'm just ready for change. At the very least, our GM is currently battling or batting 1,000, and the young talent on this team looks exceptional. The future could be bright. Stay strong, Broncos country. Yep. Just got to see what they do at quarterback, coach, owner, everything. I mean, <laughs> everywhere. What is interesting is that right now. This really isn't the most consequential moment in Bron- in terms of where the Broncos are going. No? Th- not this end of the regular season. It's all about what happens probably starting on the 10th of January. It's all about what happens at coach, what happens at quarterback, right. what happens at owner. Yep, yep, that's 100%. What, that's, what, that's what this is. The, the offseason promises to be more interesting than... I'd say certainly the second half of this regular season has been. Oh, I and think so more too. impactful. With, without a doubt, With, without a doubt, it's going to be very interesting. We have one super chat coming in under the wire from our guy Denny. He just hits us with the super chat. We really oh, appreciate that, Denny. Thank you so much mm-hmm. for rolling with us, and thank you all so much for rolling with us. Before we get out of here, wow, please hit thanks, us with Denny. a like on the way out. Hit that subscribe button and turn on alerts so you know when we're going live. This next couple weeks is going to be crazy. We may be going live uh, at our typical times. We may have some emergency pods if there's some firing so make sure to hit that alert sign so that you know when we're going live and we really appreciate all of you rolling with us today and i gotta give one more shout out to our friends over at green mountain dental who if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam with they'll hit Mm -hmm. you up with a free sonicare toothbrush it's as simple as that they've been rolling with us for a long time they're part of our family so make them part of your family well you will get excellent care and of course get a free sonicare toothbrush when you go there as well so check them out over at Green Mountain Dental. And for Mace, I'm Zach. Thank you guys so much for rolling with us today. We really appreciate it. We will be back tomorrow to talk more Broncos. Maybe some more uncertain futures, who the Broncos should hire. Maybe some firings as well. And playoff odds. We got it all right now. The 7-7 seven and seven Broncos are keeping this interesting. But thank you guys for tuning in. We really appreciate it. And we'll talk to you tomorrow on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Country
take you back one last time.